Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Stop wiggling around. Sorry, I'm moving. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Want to Match Podcast. The podcast where we are your hosts, Sydney. <laughs> I'm Molly. <laughs> and we come together each week to tell you guys about a topic. We match. It's a fun time. Then we tell the topic. Yeah, we, we do both. We do both. <laughs> we identify the topic, we match, and then we explain it. Yes. <laughs> a brief synopsis. <laughs> Also, look at my plant in progress. It's doing okay still. Oh, yeah. That plant is doing fine. Don't talk about the basil. The basil's <laughs> basil, a little wimpy. It needs to be watered. They Basil needs so much water. Yeah. And that's honestly not fair for me. Right. You're not a big water gal. <laughs> Maybe you should just get a bigger bulb for it. She has like a bulb in it. Yeah, a water globe. A water globe. You should get a larger water globe. I could maybe do that. This plant looks great. As yeah, that one. The, there's four plants in here, and three of them look great. That one's struggling a little Two bit. Two of them look great. One of them look moderate, <laughs> and one of them looks bad, bad. objectively. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's the plant in progress update. Let us know if you'd like to see pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom would be so mad. I know. Emily's um, mom is, like, very... She has a green thumb. She does have a green With thumb. Beautiful and gardens. And she's beautiful. Hello, yeah, mom. she's beautiful. Her gardens are beautiful. Hi, Becky. Hi, we love you. Yes. So, today, I don't even know what episode this is. Fuck, dude, I don't either. We need to check that. <laughs> okay, I don't know okay. who's going first. It's okay. Um, while we're doing that, why don't you tell us your rose? I think this is 29. That's my guess. Okay, uh, each week we do Rose and Bud. Best part of our week, something we're looking forward to for the week. This week, my rose is... I have a couple of them that I want to use. Well... Let's go. Sis. I think my rose. It's 29. It's episode 29, everyone. So Emily is going first this week, mm-hmm. but I'll say my rose first. I think my rose is that we have gained an extra hour of sunlight. It was oh, daily savings this weekend. And normally I don't like springing forward um, because you lose an hour of sleep, but I'm really enjoying the sunlight right now. Me too. And here where we live, it was like literally so cold all week. And then daylight savings happened and now it's like warm. Mm-hmm. So it just feels very like spring has sprung mm-hmm. here. Um, mine is, mine, I was going to say the temperature difference. Like, I am definitely a, um, spring kind of gal. Like, I don't love, like, t-shirts and shorts, but I love a sweatshirt and a short. That is my favorite outfit. Yeah. A crew neck and a short. Yes. Yeah. And That's so, the perfect weather. And spring is my favorite season, so it's coming up fast. Mm. It has my birthday. Yeah, birthday season. It's, yes. It, we are still in birthday season, everybody. Um, yeah, geez, never ending. No, truly. Um, yeah, so that's mine. I love spring. Okay, very exciting. Um, my bud, I had one and now I don't remember what it is, so just give me a second. I have mine. Okay, I'm letting you tell first. yours first. My bud is that you can maybe tack on to this one. Also, my bud is that tomorrow our little Lily, Sydney's oh, taking little yeah. Lily to get spayed, but she has the cutest <laughs> little suit to make sure she doesn't like lick her incision and make sure Jupiter doesn't lick her yeah. incision. It's like a Sydney little got. purple onesie. Yeah, and so Sydney sent me a, um, a video while I was at work, and <laughs> and Lily like does that thing, the very typical thing where she walks like three steps and then just like falls, <laughs> falls over. It's so cute. And it is so cute. She's going to be in recovery mode, but at least she gets to wear a cute outfit. A cute suit. Yeah, that's not a bud for me because I'm nervous. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to I, The outfit is going to be cute. We'll post pictures on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, Lily's growing up. <laughs> what a journey we've been on. Yeah, truly. Um, 
my bud, I think, is going to also be kind of a rose. I'm going to twist it. But Emily and I have been watching our favorite show. And Jake. We introduced our friend Jake, Mr. Talently Untalented, to um, our favorite show, The Challenge. Yes. And so we've been rewatching like the old, old ones. Yes. And they're so good. So I'm like excited to watch more of The mm-hmm. Challenge. We just finished episode or season 10, The yeah. Inferno 2. So if you're a challenge head, let us know because we want to talk about it with you. Who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? What CT era do you find him <laughs> the most hot? We have very strong opinions yes. about it. Um, yeah. So let us know. And and just like, inter- I love introducing people to the show. Like I literally, everyone I meet, I'm like, you need to watch the challenge. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. Um, like I feel like I got like you into the show more, maybe a little bit. Um, I liked it before you moved in, but, um. Like, somebody to talk to. You're my first person yeah. to talk to about it, for yeah. sure. And, like, everyone I've shown has just, like, loved it. So, everyone go check it out. It's a really good TV show. Yeah. It's um, great. It's it's good fun. And you don't think you're going to like it until you sit down and watch it, and you're like, oh, shit. And then you, like, actually, like, really get involved with it. Yeah. There's so much good drama, especially the old ones are just so fun. And they're, like, so... It's so fun to, like, go back and watch what was cool at the time. Yeah. Like, the one we just watched was filmed in 2005. Yes. So, like, it's just, like, compl- they're all in, like, baby tees and, like... Yeah. Low-rise. Yeah, low-rise <laughs> jeans. Like, so much fun. Which is triggering. <laughs> that is triggering. Um, <laughs> low-rise jeans are coming back, and I yeah. can't do it. I can't. Yeah, me either. I'm never going to do it. We're not. Wanna Match Pod is not bringing low-rise yes. jeans back. That is a stance that we are willing to take on the internet. I'm I'm taking the stance right me now. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm hygiene, high-waisted jeans all the way. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, cool. Should we get to topics? Yeah, let's do it. All My right. topic today is the Mandela Effect. Ooh, interesting. So interesting. you'll learn a little bit about it. Um, we'll let you see some and see if you know them. Yeah. But strap in, friends, because this one's going to be a doozy, because we're going to be chonged and yeah, talking, talking about memories. <laughs> wow. Okay, mine's completely different from that. Oh, perfect. But I'm very excited, um, because this thing is happening right now. Do you know what it is? Daylight savings time? Nope. What? I'm doing the Iditarod. I don't even know what that is. Really? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, you do. I, I might, but I don't okay, know. Okay, we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. But it's happening right now, so like... It's very exciting. Let's but, go. Yeah. So, Emily, is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, nope. Just go follow us on the social medias while you're matching. Yeah. At Wanna Watch Pod on everything. And um, we're going to go match and make it crazy. <laughs> okay. What that? Okay. Well, Wanna Match? Let's match. Techie. Guys, go check out our Instagram. Guys. We're posted on there. You don't even have your computer ready. Oh, no, I do not. <laughs> I'm fully <laughs> Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> this is a little podcast I like to call The Mandela Effect by Emily. I say my full middle name and last name and my social. Guys, Emily has such a unique last name that we can't even tell you what it is. Yeah. Mine's Christine. No, I said you, middle. No, you, no, you did not. Did we play this? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it is. I mean, your last name's also unique. Yeah. My last name is also. I could tell you guys my full last, like full ass name, and it would not. Your last name is not unique. I know, literally, probably. No, that's s- what I'm saying. Like, I could. It's not. Oh, oh it's okay. like it is common. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it is very like, common. Wait, what? I could tell you guys my full name, and you would like. Inst- <laughs> you would be able to find me, but there'd be so many other yeah. people with my name. Yeah. 
So, it's Jones. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Smith. <laughs> it's white. It's brown. I can't think of another. I can't think of another one that's less. That's more common than mine. <laughs> like I've gotten to mine on the list. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Martin. No, Do you I know don't. A lot think of that's, no, I don't. No. Okay, well, me either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about you the guys. Event. We're back. Let's talk about the Mandela effect. Just so you guys know, I am doing this in something glasses. Yeah, we're back, and I'm still sick as always. I'm yep. always sick on this. Sydney's always sick. I'm always just doing some tomfoolery. Um, <laughs> bro. <laughs> do, do you have um, your Google Docs in dark mode always? No. I do. I really do. <laughs> you have everything in dark mode. I never have anything in dark mode. My eyes can't handle it, bro. She has sensitive eyes. She's got sensitive eyes. These sunglasses. Okay. <laughs> Actually, this does help a lot. Okay. What? Well, like, I don't know. Okay, well. I didn't mind. I just made that up. You could just okay. turn it to sepia. Do they have phone? sepia mode? I don't think they so. They should. Okay. Well. On my, um, on my iPad when I was in seventh grade, you could turn the reading option to sepia. Really? Yeah. Like, the book pages could be white, black, or sepia. Oh. Yes. That makes sense. It was nice. That does sound nice. Okay. I'm actually going to take these off, though. It's kind of scaring me. And I'm getting a little sensory overload with both the mic, <laughs> the headphones, and the glasses. Yeah. My ears are stimulated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. We're in a goofy mood today. We're in a silly, goofy mood, and I'm literally on top of the mic. Yeah, you're really close. I feel like I'm really far. Yeah, you are really far. I'm sorry. This whole intro might be like fucked. I'm no, no, no. It's not. I fucked. feel like it sounds a little echoey, but it's probably because I'm so fucking far away from the mic until now. Well, it's okay, guys. We're sorry if there's a problem. If not, then if there's a problem, the honestly, send it to whatbitchgmail.com. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so the official definition of the Mandela effect is a large um, a large mass of people believe that an event occurred when it, in fact, did not. Yep. Okay. So, first time it's coined, 2009. Wow. Yeah. That's a little bit earlier than I would expect that to be. Really? I feel like I learned about the Mandela Effect, like, in high school. Me too. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, early high school. I'm, yeah. like, fucking up the horizontal. Ah, oh my God. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, sorry. I'm just absolutely... In a dumpster fire <laughs> at the bottom of a tornado right now. I can't. <laughs> We're like pre tornado. Oh my lord. Get away from me. Okay. So, um, the person that coined it was a woman named Fiona Broom. Hell where- yeah, fucking right. Oh, girl coined it. <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was like in awe of you. Women empowerment. Words. Yes, dude. Fiona Broom. However, she's a little, um... Sketchy? Yeah, she's a little... Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Yeah. Um... Like, she just... I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how you look at all this stuff, because or what you think this is, because, um... She does, like, ghost hunting and medium work Mm. and, like, that kind of thing, which, like, whether or not you... think that any part of that is true like any part of that is 
factual. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're trying to say, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people can think that a medium is more, like, a medium is right and they believe in what a medium does right. and not necessarily believe in ghost hunting or not like, you know what I'm saying? So right. she's kind she's, of all over the board. She believes in a lot of stuff that like maybe a medium shouldn't be a ghost hunter. Like that just seems like a lot yeah. to believe in. But maybe they are the perfect ghost hunters. Maybe, I don't know. Okay. So um, basically she remembers when Nelson Mandela was in jail in 1980, in the 1980s, in a South African jail, and she remembers all this news coverage of his death, and she is, like, fine, obviously, like, comes to the realization that Nelson Mandela died in 2013. Right. And she's like, no, like, I remember this, and it turns out a lot of people actually remembered that. Right. So a lot of people remembered even a speech from his wife, and all this news coverage from, um from his death in the South African prison and um they when it came out that he actually died in 2013 they were like wait what so she makes this website because when she made up the term Nelson Mandela wasn't dead yet right because it was only 2009 right exactly so that's kind of crazy yeah so at like that she point, fully remembered Nelson Mandela dying but like he yeah. wasn't even dead right so um or, like, I don't know if she had found out that he was still alive and, like, the website is just clarifying that he died and... You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but, basically, she makes this website about the fact that fucking Nelson Mandela is still alive. She remembers this big thing, speeches, and all these people also believe it that she knows. And then she, this website kind of, like, there's some traction built on it and people are like, yeah, I remember that, too. Okay. Like, I remember the widow's speech. I remember yada, yada, yada when this kind of like revolution of it kind of starts and it's getting picked up by like like i said it was on a website now it's like the internet age and information's tra- traveling faster and they're like what else is stuff like this that i remember it this way you remember it that way and what the fuck is it and why is it happening like you know that kind of thing so there are several causes about for the mandela effect um so first of all um so people are scouring off the internet. Like, why is why do I remember um, the Berenstein Bears? Dude, that's my favorite one. Berenstein. Yeah, like Berenstein, like whatever. Yeah. I always think it's Berenstein. No, me too. Like, I it was Berenstein. Somebody Bears. I heard words said it from the TV. Me too. That. I agree. I can hear it in my head. Right. And that's something that people like. A lot of people clearly agree on, but... That's the one that makes me believe in this. I know. That is the literal one. Yeah. Because all the other ones I can kind of be like, oh, I don't know. So, yeah. So, experts are like, well, what happened? Like, what made it so that these people believe in it and other people don't? And so, then it became kind of like a psychological and, like, neurological thing that these experts were thinking about. Like, why the fuck do some people think that while some people don't? So, there's a couple different things that, that people think, um collectively like causes this memory lapse so first is like a false memory so basically it's um things that resemble facts in our head obviously and i know that you know a lot of this but just like yeah definition wise for the people but um if you're listening out there (laughs) city's face right now we're just speaking into the like space of this um so Untrue or distorted recollections of an event is the actual definition of a false memory. 
Um, and sometimes it's like when you are, um, sorry, when your brain is trying to fill in the gaps of memories, um, it sometimes puts like maybe a false or not all the way true thing in there. So you start to, your memory starts to mold a little bit. Your recall of the memory starts to mold a little bit. And obviously as humans, any reaction that we have to an event can, um, trigger like past experience or emotions in, in, um, the memory can affect how we remember the event. So for, so like, for example, if somebody was really sad that Nelson Mandela went to prison in the, in, you know, the eighties and then never thinks about it again or tries to recall the memory in 29 or 2009, obviously they can be like, Oh yeah, he died in the prison. That was like what I remember right. from that. I right. Like his that wife could have said a speech when yeah, he went to prison. Exactly. So, but like for this specific instance, it's really weird that a lot of people have this like false memory, Yeah. but it could be like confabulation. And I know that again, definitions retelling of an event, um, that lacks certain evidence or, or certain information or factual evidence. So, like, basically telephone, for those of us listening here, and when I had to find the definition of it. <laughs> so, um, most people, when, like, confabulation happens, obviously isn't, like, malicious. So, again, it can be, um, it's, like, the filling in the gaps of the memory. That it's, like, sometimes your brain just, like, throws something in there because it can't exactly recall. Right, like, your brain really likes to just, like fill in holes like it doesn't like to have holes right and everything that the brain takes in is a little bit like that's the brain's job is to take in information and like make it smooth so that you can understand like what's going on mm-hmm. and so it does that with your memories too right. it doesn't like not knowing what's happening yeah. so you remember sad i'm like trying to defunct like debunk the mandela effect but then i think of berenstein bears so that that, that is, is the one that is i think that it's only happened once and i think it's the berenstein bears <laughs> okay yeah so like know that right now i'm like t- saying like what it could be yeah but know that i really am having trouble with the berenstein bears yeah. throughout this whole <laughs> fucking podcast because okay i love like here's the thing i my favorite book series when i was little was the berenstein bears i had so many my daycare had so many like i remember i read it every night like i love the berenstein bears very clear memories of reading the berenstein bears yes very clear memories of seeing the title with an e yeah but like is that because right. it, it all could be a false memory it could and be and we're like holy shit other people are having this memory so i also but i know that we called it the berenstein bears yeah like oh i know that's God. what we yes. called it yes. in our house yes and i think so it's weird that like remember it like that I I would have to agree. So I think it's weird that, like, we all collectively just called it the wrong name. Yeah, that's true. That's true. For, like, ever. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I'll... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'll keep that in. (laughs) So, another... I'm gonna play that little soundbite every single time we, like, fuck up up what we're saying. I would actually love that. That would be good for my voice (laughs) acting career. (laughs) <laughs> That'll be next year's Thanksgiving episode. Like, blah, 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 with the goggle. Mm-hmm. The goggle. The, bo- the, the gobble, bro. <laughs> I should play it right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, experts think it could also be, like, priming. So if you if anybody ever uses suggestive language towards you, like, you kind of know that with, like, um, interrogations and that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, you can have leading questions. So 
an example for our little friends at home, um, did you see the black car versus did you see a black car? Right. Or, I mean, if I was... Even naming the color is priming. Yes. So, it's making your brain... It's trying to fill in the gaps. Yeah. The question does. Um, And then we have Miss Fiona Brooms, her thought. And some, I mean, some experts, string theory experts that are like scientists, that kind of thing, you know, say that um, it's an alternate reality or parallel universe crossing our universe. So when um, a parallel universe, in a parallel universe, Nelson Mandela died in 1980. Right. And it crosses. And so some people experienced it and some people didn't where that crossed. Because some people jumped realities. Right? Yes. Well, like some people ex- like switched. Dude, this is like gonna. This is what I knew was gonna kind of tweak me the fuck out about this because I, in my head, it's just the realities just cross the lines. Just like cross. they both happen to everyone, no matter what reality they're in. Yeah, but some people retain that as a memory because they're like their realities were like together at one point. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I've I kind of envision it as a DNA recombination. So, like, oh, when you're, yeah. like, when you're going through meiosis, like, yeah, DNA yeah, yeah. strands, like, cross, and some of the DNA from one strand gets onto the it other stays, and yeah. stays. Like, yeah. that's how I kind yes, of think of kind it. Yes, kind of. That's how I'm thinking it in my head, but yeah. I'm thinking it more like a, like a... You're thinking of it more as, like, a, a moment, and I'm thinking of it as, like, a... Well, I'm imprint. thinking of it, like, people have tracks of their realities, right? Like, we're sitting in, like, our reality's little tracks. Yes. And I can't talk about this, dude. I'm going to tweak the fuck out. I'm like, I, we're sitting in our track, and then when the cross happened, we jumped tracks. Yes. But you're thinking of it as, like, we all collectively, like... Well, it's got, because so many people... Like, I'm saying a lot of people had that jump in a track. That's what I'm, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, right, like, we as a society all jumped the realistically, track. realistically, if you believe in parallel universes, you know that, like... Or, like, you are understanding what the fuck is going on. You... <coughs> also believe in those different realities like right do you know what i'm saying i'm with you 100%. i we cannot get chong and talk about the string theory because i'm gonna barf actually yeah it, like <laughs> it's freaks me out. it's very stressful so that's where she's at um so in another reality nelson mandela did die in 1980 when it crossed um some people re- can recall that memory from that reality yeah but um he actually in our reality died in in our physical reality, died in 2013. Right. So... And the infamous, um, signer, the fake signer at Nelson Mandela's funeral. That's the real Mandela effect. Just kidding, but... I don't remember that. talking about, no. Oh, there was, like, a person who, like, was pretending to... Wait, something happened, right, at his funeral? I don't know, Somebody, like, snuck onto the stage who, like, wasn't supposed to be up there. Oh. Like, during his funeral. Like, they just, like, walked in. In... 2013. Oh. I think they were... We're going to have to look into that. Yeah, that happened. And then didn't, like, during one of Obama's speeches, the person doing the sign language was just signing, like, nonsense because they were faking it. I literally have no idea. I think that happened. But but honestly, my... I'm going to cut this out. It's like... My memory... (laughs) It's freaking you out. No. My memory recall could be low. (laughs) Yeah, we just were talking about that. Yeah. Okay, so... Don't ask us to memorize a piece of paper. Mm Mm-mm. Like, I... Yeah. No. No. (laughs) So... In the world of the internet, obviously, it's much faster to spread that information. And, like, you can put some... Like, we've seen all these, like, TikTok um, 
like filters and stuff like that where you have to pick them when you start to um when you start to see them even if you don't remember that like it was Berenstein Bears and you're like oh my god no it was that it was that you know what I'm saying yeah so um the more that you recall that memory or it's brought up in your mind I know that you already know this but like obviously you get more and more confident in it. So like for us, like, because it was brought up to us like earlier, we are just like, no, I really remember this. Like I really, like, right. You kind of like, yeah. Dig your heels in a little yes. bit. You're like, no, I yeah. really remember this. And your memories want to cling on to that, like mm-hmm. certain confident fact. Well, you're, cause your brain is like, like you're, convinced yeah. that it's never wrong. Like, that, like cognitive dissonance. Like yeah. you're just like, yes, yes, yes. So some, so I guess that's kind of, um, where the causes stop, but I like talking about the examples of it because some of them I like really feel like I can like hear people talking about it and that kind of thing, like the Berenstein Bears. But others of them, I'm like I don't really know. I guess yeah, a lot of them I'm kind of like I never noticed really, like Fruit Loop or like whatever. Yeah, like I like never noticed. Yeah, so obviously there's um for me one of the ones is like Luke, I am your father. Yeah. And he See, says, like, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, so that one I'm kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> like, that one, so... But I, you're a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, like, my dad made us watch all those videos, yeah. or the, all those movies, and now I love them. But, um, I remember it as that. Like, I can hear it in my head. And then anytime somebody puts on a mask, they say, Luke, I am your father. Right. What does your dad think about that one? I don't know. I'm gonna... I should, should ask, ask I should text him and ask yeah. him. I will. We'll post it in the show notes. Um, so... Uh, um, he, however, does say, no, I am your father. Right. Um. And you've seen it since, right? Yeah. And right. So that's like okay. so freaky. I know. So life is like, <coughs> life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. It's life was like a box of chocolates. Like it's like a long phrase. Like they right. just picked out, um, and it's life was like a box of chocolates. I don't really know Forrest Gump that well to Also have a movie opinion. I've never yeah. seen, so. Um, and then me. mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Yeah, but it's actually magic mirror on the wall. Yeah, that one kind of gets me. Yeah. I feel like different versions of it said mirror, mirror, though. Like, different versions of what? Like, maybe, like, a book versus the movie or, like, the original fairy tale versus the Disney adaptation. Yeah. Um, So, now I put together a little Mandela effect thing for you. Okay. That some of the ones that I didn't, I am not a hunt wasn't 100% sure on when I looked at Okay, it. cool. Okay? So they're not, like, the classic ones. Oh, my God, I'm ones. excited. Like, they're not... They're going to be ones that people have seen, obviously, but... Right. But they're not, like, the classic, like, um... What's one? Like, the Berenstein right. Bears or, like, that kind of thing. Or, like, the Monopoly guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. With, like, the hat or no hat. Yeah. Was that it? No, it's the monocle. The monocle. No monocle. Oh, that's Fiona Broom, by the way. I oh. didn't do any I was of like, my pictures. I was like, who is she? <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so I'm supposed to pick which one's right? Yeah. Okay, so right now, uh, Sydney, we're going to go one through one, okay? One, we're going to go one at a time, okay? So let's do Kit Kat first. You guys go look at the show notes. Try and figure out which one is it. I feel like it's pro. I think it's this one. That one? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Sydney picked the one on the right. The one? With, yeah, no matter what, it's going to be on the right. Yeah, without the dash. Without the dash, yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, Let's go down to Fruit of the Loom. Fruit of the Loom, I know this one. But I think it's this. I think it's the one with the cornucopia. But that's, like, not what it is, right? Because the it's called Fruit of the Loom. Yeah. Like, it's in the fucking loom. Yeah. So that would be your guess if you didn't know the answer. Yeah, that's... Well, that's my... Like, what you remember. Yeah. Okay. 
Or, well, that's, like, what I want to know. Is, like, what are your... Like, yeah, I remember this one. Okay. And I remember this one. Okay. Um, okay, Febreze. That one's kind of getting me, but I think it's the... I think I remember okay. this one. But I've been, like, looking back and forth at that. You think it's the one... She just thinks it's the one on the left. Yeah, the, bl- the like, shorter e. blue. Oh, they're spelled different? I thought that they were... No, I still think it's this one. Okay. I thought that it was the different bottle types. <laughs> I was like, that's weird. I think that that's just, like... The different years. Yeah. Well, that's like what that. I was saying. Like, how do they know that's not just the earlier bottle? Right. But that's no, not like what we're the, guessing. It's, it's like the, the logo. Yeah, I think it's this one. Okay. But I I don't know. Yeah, okay. Now Cheez-Its. I think it's this. Okay. Cheez-It, not Cheez-Its. Okay. Okay. So, Sydney guess no dash on the Kit Kat. Uh, cornucopia. She remembers Cornucopia, even though she knows the right answer. Yeah. Um, She guessed the double E in Febreze and Cheez-It. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so go look at the show notes to play along. These are the right answers, okay? Okay. Oh, so I was... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Spoiler alert if you haven't played yet. Yeah, okay. so everyone put your guesses Pause in. and then come back, okay? I was right on 50%. Yeah, so... Yeah, you guys, go look at it. Kit Kat does not have a dash for the loom. It's not in the cornucopia. For Breeze, it's only spelled with one E. Yeah, that's weird. And... Uh, Cheese it, I knew. I had cheese it in the bag. Cheese it. I've been eating cheese it's for a long time. I did not know no any of these. Okay. Hell yeah. Like I would I wouldn't not have been surprised if it was cheese it's. You know yeah. 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 I'm just a big cheese it fan. So that is the Mandela effect, some causes, where it came from. Okay, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. Berenstein Bears is the one. Yeah. Guys- I think that the rest of them are like false memories, but I think Berenstein Bears, we jumped realities. Yeah. <laughs> When we that were happened. fully immersed there. Because we didn't even know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we didn't, it wasn't even a thing when the Berenstein Bears books were written. Right. Ugh, those are good books. Yeah. Well, so that's the Mandela effect, you guys. That was Did good. you get choochied and were you scared? I was kind of scared for about five seconds. Uh, I would say 30% of that whole oh, thing. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But do you want to match? I want like, one cookie. I would like to match. Okay, perfect. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, hi. Hey. Welcome back again. It's on a match. <laughs> sorry. Oh God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. We're you starting guys flew it. too close to the sun. <laughs> we chugged <laughs> too close to the sun. We seriously did. I'm good, I think. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I don't know if I'll retain any of this, but <laughs> here we are. Okay, so what do you think the Iditarod is? I have quite literally no like idea. Like, if you literally had to guess. Uh, weather thing? No. Okay, well, I'm not going to guess again. Cool. <laughs> the Iditarod is the world's longest and largest sled dog race. Okay. I have heard this word. Yes. Yes. I what? knew you were going to know it when I said yes. what it was. Yep. I did not know it was called that, though. Yes. And it's I called love the Iditarod. It. And it's happening right now. I love dogs. Yes. I love dogs. I love the idea of dogs doing work and, like, doing their job. I'm just saying, like, doing their job. Like, I <laughs> doing love... Doing work. Well, I love seeing a dog on the job. We're all tangled up. Sorry, okay. guys, we're back. My feet were all tangled up in the fucking mic line. And I, so I was sitting here, like, <laughs> trying to get my feet out of it. And it was, like, starting to tweak me out. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so... Back to what we were saying. You love a dog on the job. I just love a dog on the job. I love seeing a service dog. That, I love seeing, a, like, 
I don't love seeing a drug dog, but I like the idea that a dog has been trained to do that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Um, a bomb sniffing dog. Um, do you occasionally see that German Shepherd that's a seeing eye yes, dog around Yes, yes. So cute. Right. And like he I wears love... little boots in the winter. Right, and they just wear like their little vest and they do their job. Yeah. So this is kind of an offshoot of that for me. I like love... I love it. Okay. I'm yes. here. So... Using sled dogs for transportation was widely used in colder climates like Alaska for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, an ancient practice, mm-hmm. basically. Since they train dogs, they've been fucking doing this. Um, even throughout World War II, up through World War... No, World War One, not World mm-hmm. War II. Um, they were also helped in World War One to patrol Alaska um, by, like, native soldiers. So that's how they would do their army patrol yeah. during World War One. Wow. Because I think Russia like was involved. really impressive. Yeah. That's like, really cool. Because they just didn't have any um, other way to do it. Because... Did you tug on this one? I hope so. I really hope yeah, so. Yeah, I think you did. Oh, okay. okay. My feet are scary. <laughs> what is she doing down there with her toes? Everyone? I'm so scared. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, at that point during World War One, like, they had planes. Yeah. And they had cars. Yeah. But they couldn't, like, use either of those in the climate right. and the terrain that was in Alaska. So they had to use sled dogs, which is kind of cool. Wow. Um, 1967 was the 100 year anniversary of Alaska's purchase as a U.S. territory from Russia. Okay. So wait, what year? In 1867, basically, um, the U.S. purchased the land that is now Alaska from Russia. Okay. So Alaska has been a U.S. territory for a hundred years mm-hmm. in 1967. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, a committee was formed in Alaska called the Wasilla Knick Centennial Committee. Um, and this was created to help celebrate um, and run like historical events from the last century, like in Alaska, mm-hmm. like Alaskan culture, basically. That's so cool. Yeah. The head of the committee was a woman named Dorothy Page. Um, and she came up with the idea to create a sled dog race that traveled over a historic trail in Alaska called the Iditarod Trail. So the Iditarod Trail has been a thing for, like, thousands Mm -hmm. or, like, hundreds of years in Alaska. Oh, look at that sweet puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The trail was originally used during the gold rush. Oh. um, As, like, a mining trail to get to the mines. And then it became a mail trail before planes started being used for the mail in Alaska. Wow. Yeah. So they would use sled dogs to get the mail. They're such good boys and girls. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Paige brought her idea to the board, and they were interested, especially a man named Joe Reddington, who's the guy on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, like, a sled... He was a musher, like, a sled dog racer. Like, he had done it in the past, so he was really interested in this. Like, he okay. kind of jumped on it. Um, so they created this original race that was just meant to, like, celebrate the centennial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was held in 1967, and it was a 56-mile-long course. Whoa. And um, it included nine miles of the Iditarod Trail on it. So okay, it like up. wasn't the exact course. Do they but... run the whole thing? Yeah, we're gonna get there. Okay. So this sorry. was just nine miles of it. Okay, but there, but it's fifty six miles total. No, Wait, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get there. This was the original race, like how it started. Oh, okay. So it was fifty six miles. The first one they ever did was fifty six mm-hmm. miles, technically. Um, so Paige was a historian who was much more interested in keeping the race historically accurate, and Reddington was really into like the race itself. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like. Dorothy was just more into, like, the historical event, mm-hmm. um, and Reddington was like, no, this is, like, so cool. Yeah. Because basically, like, people from all over Alaska came and did it. Because okay. it was a celebration of, like, Alaskan heritage, and, yeah. like, a lot of volunteers helped clear the trail to, like, make it usable and, like, mm-hmm. all this stuff. 
So um, the race went off without a hitch, and they did it again in 1969. In 1968, they were going to, but then there wasn't enough snow. Mm -hmm. um, And so they had to wait until 1969. We have to watch 8 Below after this. Yeah. We're going to watch 8 Below. Or that one about the dentist who, like, is a sled dog racer. That's a Disney movie. Ablo is a Disney movie too. Is that the one? He's a dentist, and I don't then know he... if he's a dentist. I, I just, just, you know, my thing. You guys like my biggest phobia <laughs> is teeth. And the first scene of that movie, um, I don't know what the movie's called, but the first scene of it is him. Like the camera shot is in someone's mouth. mouth yeah, out. Ugh, terrifying. Ugh. And then he pukes, and then I like puke. Yeah, it's so yucky. Um. Okay, but anyway. After the 1969 race, um, interest was kind of lost because, like, the centennial was kind of over. And so they didn't hold another one for a little bit. And at this point, Dorothy kind of bows out. She's like, this was fun, but I'm going to go back to the board and do more things for Alaskan Heritage. Mm -hmm. And Reddington never lost interest. And he actually thought that he should make it a bigger sled race. Mm -hmm. Um, He could not shake the idea that he could grow this into something, like, really cool. Right. So he starts to think about creating a long-distance sled race, something that had never been done before in sled racing. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd had little ones, but, like, nothing, like, long over, like, okay. a long period. And he begins to other to talk to other people who still sled race and get their thoughts about it. Sorry, I just fucked up my... Um, his reason for wanting to host the race was twofold. He wanted to preserve the Alaskan culture and the Alaskan husky, which was had largely been ignored once the snowmobile became popularized. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sad. Yeah, so, like, once snowmobiles came around, they kind of stopped using sled dogs. Right. Like, in, like, just now people just use them for, like, fun and for, like, ritual, basically. Yeah. Um, and the second reason was to preserve the classic Iditarod Trail, which um, runs from Seward, Alaska to Nome, Alaska. So it literally goes, well, I'll have a picture, but it goes all the way across the state, mm-hmm. which Alaska's huge. Yeah. So it's very long. Um, he then meant to, he met two mushers who also happened to be teachers. And so they loved the idea of this. Like they loved all the reasoning. They loved the trail. They loved like all of it. And they were named Tom Johnson and Gleo Hyuk. So these are like the three guys who are like thought to start like what we know now as the modern Iditarod. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the help of the U S army, over 1000 miles of the trail were cleared in preparation for the race, a oh, track what? that runs from Anchorage, Alaska, um, to Nome. So that is the track. It's super long. So the actual race is officially 958 miles long. Jesus fucking Christ. So it's across all of Alaska. How often do they sleep? We're going to talk about it. Okay. Um, I'm so confused. (laughs) The first race began in 1973 when 34 mushers left Anchorage to race to finish race to the finish for a prize of $51,000. I did yeah. not look that up in today's money. I should have done that. That is literally nothing to me. I don't care how much it is. <laughs> I mean, that's like you could live off that for a year, especially in 1973. No, I know. But I'm saying like that you could not pay me enough to do that. Right. But they were mushers. Like they, yeah, they, they were like, it, they yeah. loved it. You're right. Um, you're right. You're right. You're right. So the winner of the first Iditarod was a man named Dick Walmarth and he did it in 20 days, 49 minutes and 41 seconds. Are you kidding? No. Oh, with dogs? Yeah. So it took him 20 days to do it. And he's competed in other ones. Like, he, like, competed in it for a while, okay, I think. that is a long time for those fucking dogs. Yeah. You're, like, living. You're, like, camping with them. Yeah. I can't... Me and Nala have some issues. Right. <laughs> it's just us two. Right. So, um, only 
22 of the 34 total racers successfully completed the first one. How does they, how do they unsuccessfully do it? Well, like a lot of people, like if their dog gets hurt or like something breaks on their thing or like whatever, like they have to bow out or if you get hurt or you get frostbite or hypothermia or like something. Okay. Um, the race was a huge success and began a resurgence of sled racing in Alaska. Basically exactly what they wanted to happen, happened. Like people started looking into sled dog racing and got back into it. And it like created a lot of like, um, talk about the mm-hmm. Iditarod trail and like everything. So now we'll do some just fast facts about the race. So with modern technological advancements in the sport, the race now typically, typically takes between eight and 15 days. Okay. So that is basically very it. fast. Yeah. We basically have it. The fastest ever recorded time was by Mitch Sevy, who completed the full course in eight days, three hours, 40 minutes, and 13 seconds in 2017. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Yeah, so super fast. How many dogs can I have? Oh, we're going to talk about okay. it. Oh, okay. We're still getting to that yeah. part. The race begins on... Like a, if you could have like a hundred. Oh. No, yeah. It's not a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like too many dogs to take care of, though. <laughs> no, I know. That would be like, like overwhelming, I think. But like you could have some of them like just be maybe on their own sled. Being also pulled by dogs and then get switched. But wouldn't that be another team? Oh, you're saying along like, the mission? Like okay. Dogs. Well, we're going to talk about that because it's a little, <laughs> it's kind of, it's not like that, but it's kind of like that. Um, so the race begins on March 5th of every year. So it's currently happening right now. Like, we're, they're still racing. No one's won yet from this year. What time is it? What day is it? It's the 14th. 14th. So it's been nine days. So someone's going to win it like soon. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, at the time when I wrote this earlier today, the leader, the current leader, was coming into White Mountain, the White Mountain checkpoint. Um, so they're right here, and it starts right here. So they're, like, Jesus. close. There's only two more checkpoints. There's one more checkpoint and then Nome. So they're, like, almost done. Wow. So by the time you guys hear this, there will be a winner. Okay. I'll – no, I'm not going to do that, but look it up. <laughs> um, there's, like, one guy right now who's, like, clearly leading, like, by, like, a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, He's going to be on the podcast. Everyone keeps yeah. <laughs> Everyone shout him out. <laughs> the first woman to win the race, not compete, but win, was Libby Riddles, who won it in 1985, and she was kind of like an underdog. Like, it was kind of out of nowhere that she won. Go off, Libby. Um, so the race occurs in all conditions, including blizzards, low temperatures, sometimes even reaching negative 100 degrees with the oh, wind chill. So I they said the temperatures die. could go from 50 degrees to negative 100 with the wind chill. What? Yeah. That's um, fucked up. And it costs... How do, you, how, do you, how do you keep dogs safe if it's negative 100 right. degrees? I don't know, because maybe they're, like, running. I don't know. I don't know if they should do that. Right, we're going to talk about that, too. <laughs> okay. So, it costs an average of $20,000 to prepare for the race, which is made up usually from sponsorships or, like, people get, like, part-time jobs. Or they, like, mm-hmm. are dog trainers or, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's really expensive. It's a very expensive sport, um, because you have to pay for the sled. You have to pay for the dog food. You have to pay for the dog maintenance. Like, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like you basically have a team of pack of dogs. So think of how much Nala costs and then multiply it. Well, I know, but is it, is it like really a sport if you're just riding on the sled? I mean, it takes like, I mean, is NASCAR a sport? I think this is way more of a sport than NASCAR. Whoa. It is. They're outside, like, they're, in the elements. Yeah. Is we skiing just, a sport? You're riding a ski. Oh, I guess not. Yeah, I think it's, like, equestrian. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the goal is to have, like, the fastest dogs, right? Like, 
I think it's the it's dogs hard. and the way that you like control them. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like being a horse jockey. I know. I just like, cannot fucking imagine it. <laughs> Me either. I don't. Like, I can't like. I've always thought this looked really fun though. Like I always have been very into this. Yeah. Like I could maybe if it is it culturally appropriating. I don't know. It, this has a lot of ties to, like native. Right. Alaskan. Um, people. Yeah. And they use like the, the word that you're not supposed to use for those people anymore a lot in a lot of these articles. So I don't know. Like. Okay. Like it starts with an E. Yeah. Like, I don't no, think no, you're no, supposed no, to say no, that no, word no. anymore. Um, I knew what word you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, but like, would it be culturally okay or would it be socially okay for them to maybe take me like around the block? Like, yeah, I think so. Down. It's like a sport. Like, yeah. it's like a full okay. ass, like, there's so, there's like, oh, like. I would a, like that. <laughs> like, a lot of people do this. Like, it's not just like a native yeah. practice anymore. Okay. Um, That's okay. why, I, well, I was just like, kind of wondering if it was like, kind of bulldozed by those people, but. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I have a positive connotation of this. Oh, no. From I, this uh, thing, so. No, I do too. I'm saying, I'm just asking if that was, is if that was like a worry. I think it kind of, and when I was doing it, I like thought about it for a couple seconds, but literally like nobody ever mentioned it and oh. they brought up other like criticisms of oh, the sport. Okay. So I don't think so. Like, yeah. I don't know. No, I just, I just remember when I, the only way that I know this is from reading a book about like a, a little girl that does it. Yeah. And it was like elementary school. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. No, I know, dude. Well, I don't know. Like, so she's saying it was culturally appropriating? No, not the little girl. <laughs> the little girl Never said mind, that. bro. I'm no, confused. I'm, no, I'm saying that, like, she was, like, uh, of, like, a native tribe okay. of Alaska. I wasn't saying, they I wasn't it. saying that you didn't read the book. I was saying, no, I have no idea if this is culturally appropriating <laughs> or not, and no, I'm sorry I, if it is. No, 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 I don't think it is. I'm saying, I'm asking if that's ever a worry. I'm asking I don't know. if that's a question. I had that worry, but nobody else does, apparently. Oh, okay. So that I read. Kind of, okay. I'm, yeah. That's what I was asking is, as is, of, that, is this a problem for people? As or far no? as I know, that is not the problem with this. Okay. There's oh, other okay. problems, but this is not, that's not one And we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to talk about how the race works. So each musher has a team of 14 dogs. Okay. I'm trying to imagine that many dogs, dude. That's a lot of dogs. Yeah. Well, five of them have to be on the line at all times while they're racing. So I think what they end up doing is like a different number of dogs are needed for different parts of the course. I think. Oh, yeah. Like if it's like a really narrow area, maybe you they only take. you have to have five? You have to have at least five. Five is the minimum. Like you have, yeah. So five have to be running at one time. Yeah. Okay. And I think they like drive the other ones like around. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Because there's checkpoints. All How these are, are checkpoints. Um... I'll, I have a picture of the okay. sled later. So the most common dogs used are Alaskan Huskies, and okay. all of the dogs must be in good health and are checked on by veterinarians before the checkpoints, um, before the race and at, like, all the checkpoints. Oh, really? So, like, at pretty much every stop. There's, like, 37 veterinarians. So there's, like, one at each checkpoint, I think. Just checking the dogs, making sure they're Yeah, perfect. making sure they're, like, healthy or, like, if there's a problem on the course or like whatever yeah okay so the most common dog uses the alaskan husky that is different from what we all know as the siberian husky um they're like, like different the, dogs the, the dark one a lot of people think it's a siberian husky or a malamute mm-hmm. like those fluffy ones mm-hmm. um but it's not it's a little bit different 
Like they can have the same markings, but overall this dog is smaller and like a lot more um, like muscly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have as much like extraneous fluff. Yeah, that dog is built. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, You're right. I did imagine this. And that's, yeah. I think that's the kind of dog that's an eight below. Probably. Like I don't know. Some of them. Some of them have this coloring. Yes. But they like their bodies are more yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a mixed breed technically of two types. Of, okay. So it's not like a purebred husky breed. Um, it looks like a wolf. A little bit. I don't know what they're mixed with, but they're not super common outside of sled racing. Like you don't really see them that often unless like for the, they're like basically bred to do this sport. Okay. Um, I think it's like horse racing or like, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 So the best size for the dog to be is between 40 and 45 pounds. That's wow. where you get, like, the most bang for your buck. Because you wow. don't want it to be too heavy because it has to other dogs are, yeah. right, like, it has to be able to, like, run fast. Wow. And there's 14 of them, so, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so the most intelligent and fastest dogs are chosen to lead the pack, and those are known as lead dogs. <laughs> Did you draw us? No, but somebody on, I think I got on the DeviantArt. <laughs> wow. Um, directly behind the leads are the swing dogs who help direct the team around curves and turns. So they kind of handle that. The ones in the middle are the team dogs. Like, I think there's actually more of them, but this is just a condensed picture. Um, and then at the very back of the, um, sled, the dogs are known as the wheel dogs because they are the largest and strongest. Okay. So they can pull the heavy sled the best. So there are two routes that the Iditarod has, the north and the south route. The, I don't have a picture of this, but, like, I think there started to be some, like, I don't know why they added the south route, but every other year they do every other one. So this year's an even year, so it's the north route. Oh, okay. Um, so the north route has 26 checkpoints, and the south route has 27. Apparently the north route is supposed to be, like, a little bit easier from what people who have done, like, multiple of them say. Um, but they're about, like, it's not, like, that different. Yeah. Um, the checkpoints are small villages that are along the route with populations ranging from zero to 30,000. So some are like abandoned villages mm-hmm. that they still made checkpoints. And sometimes the checkpoint is literally a tent or a small cabin because no infrastructure exists like in wow. that area of the tundra. So, oh, here's them. So see, some of them look kind of like yeah. huskies, but they are definitely different dogs than a husky. And look at this guy in the back, like standing. <laughs> so funny. And they have little shoes on. Yeah, that's really cute. See, I just love a dog doing its job. Oh, but this is like the checkpoint. So this is like the checkpoint for the whole thing. And then what people do is they like send food and shit like ahead of time. So this is all their like bags and stuff to like pick up their stuff that they shipped. Wow. So they don't have to carry it along with them. Right. Um, All entrants to the race must be 18 years old or older. And have qualified in one of the many qualifying races that take place throughout the year. So you can't just come and race this. Like, you have to be, like, a professional level sled dog racer. Um, And, like I said, mushers ship gear and food to various checkpoints before the race so they don't have to tow everything around. And mostly that's a dog food because the dogs are working out so much they need to eat about 10,000 calories a day for each day of the race. So each dog, each day of the race, needs to eat 10,000 calories a day. Oh, my God. And that's, um, if you would weigh that out, like, in food, it's over 2,000 pounds of food per team for just the dogs. So they need one ton of food <laughs> just to get through it. Oh, my God. And that's just the dogs. You, we think Jupiter's hungry. Right. <laughs> um, for the race, mushers are required to pack a sleeping bag, an axe, snowshoes, a cooker, and a pot for fuel for boiling water. 
Um, they outfit themselves in attire that will protect them from harsh elements, including warm boots, eye goggles, ski poles, a gun, a headlamp, and food. And mushers must complete the race alone. So they can't, like, have a team member mm-hmm. with them. Um, people can meet them at the checkpoints and stuff. And when they're training, they'll do a lot of, like, group work. Mm-hmm. Um, but this race is alone. Like, they have okay. to do it alone. Typically, the sleds weigh um, 100 pounds. And they cost, like, $1,500. And they can hold gear, the musher, and a dog or two if they're small. Um, so they can rest or, like, if they get injured during a leg of the race. And the race includes one 24-hour hold at a checkpoint and two 8-hour mandatory holds at another at other checkpoints. Um, this mandatory hold is so everyone can rest, but outside of those, the mushers can go for as long as they want and rest for as long as they want at each checkpoint. This leads to them getting very little sleep, like we said earlier. So yeah. it's basically like how long can they go and how little can they rest is that's the name of the game. Up. Yeah, it is fucked up because there's animals involved and that's kind of inhumane yeah. to like force an animal to do yeah. that for a lot of people. Um, but I also know that like dogs have a stamina that is like kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's like a kind of a complicated situation, I think. So the prize pot is doled out between the top 20 finishers and everyone gets like a thousand dollars, I think, if they finish, like all the finishers get like a thousand bucks. But the prize money gets doled out between the top 20 um, in different like percentages. How many people did you say do this? So there are 51 competing this year. Okay. That's how many started. I think the 22nd person just bowed out. So there's like 30 something left. Because people just like yeah they know there's like problems happen yeah Yeah. so the total amount um in cash and prizes being given out this year is over five hundred thousand dollars whoa yeah so there's a lot of money that can be made and like a truck and like sponsorships and just everything and like I said people do this for like a lot like people have won like multiple years there's a guy competing this year who's won it five times so like he's like a professional yeah right he does it like professionally like full time yeah um. So, despite um, an official rule by the Iditarod saying that um, there will be no cruel or inhumane treatment of the dogs, like, that's, like, a rule for the race, Mm -hmm. animals rights groups still oppose the Iditarod race on the grounds that it constitutes animal cruelty. So, PETA is very against it, Mm -hmm. um, which PETA as a whole is not the most reliable source to be trusting, but also the Humane Society of the United States has also opposed it. So that's, like, a little more of a reputable organization that, like, knows a lot about animals and animal rights and has said no go. Um, It's estimated that more than 120 dogs have died (gasps) since 1973 because of the race. Because of the race or on the race? Like, Like during... It just says... 120 dogs have died during the Iditarod since its inception in 1973. Mm. I think many more have died of, like, old age and stuff since. Right. But, yeah. So, that's, like, the issue is people don't rest. So, they're people literally will, like, hallucinate because they don't eat or drink. They'll, like, get hypothermia. They'll, like, start to have, like, horrible, like, vision problems and, like, well, and all this stuff. And they'll get, like, stress fractures from, like, standing for too long and shit because, like, they don't give themselves time to rest. Um, and so, like, how can you be taking care of, like, taking... If you can't even do it, like, how can your dogs... That are running it. Right. Like, how is that fair treatment of them? Right. But if you use your dogs in, like, a smart rotation, 
And if you are giving them like adequate rest time, like this might be, yeah, right. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know enough about it to like make an informed opinion. Oh, yeah. Is what I'm saying. Like, I there's have, people on both sides of the argument. I am just dumbfounded. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, I thought I, it was like a two day race. Like, I did not realize it was like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, or when you said nine miles, I'm like, wow, that's still kind of a lot. Yeah, and they fucking, and wow. a lot of them go like. Between, they said they can travel between 8 and 12 miles an hour. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, like, full. <laughs> yeah, they're running. Yeah. You get wind burn. You get, like, all sorts Holy of shit. issues from it. So, if a nice little dog wanted to pull me on a little cart yeah. around the block, I would let the dog. Yeah. However. If there were two St. Bernards and a wagon, yeah. I would let it pull me down the block. Yes. Like a two Clydesdales. I would. Yes, I would. But I don't know if I could watch them run like that. It's like a lot. I think it would be like a lot. Also, like, how do you get like spaced out enough where you don't like run into people? Obviously, they don't start at the same time. They must do like a stagger finish. Like a staggered start, maybe? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I didn't realize it was this big still. I thought it was kind of, I really did think it was more, um, cause the only, like I said, the only recollection I have of this is when we were reading a book in literally elementary school about like a native Alaskan girl. Yeah. And, um, I feel like I've read that too. Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel about? like sled racing, sled dog racing was like really weirdly, but like popularized in the media when we were kids. I know. There was like yeah. multiple movies about it, books, an, a it, documentary. Yep. It was like, like pre eight below, and then I saw eight below, and I was like, "Yeah, I know about this because." And then book. they do the tiny puppies. Yeah, like, but I didn't realize it was like such a like widely popular thing, not just within their that like cultural that heritage. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like all of Alaska. Wow. I, the reason I did this is because I like stumbled across a TikToker who's like, she's a dog racer and she's doing the Iditarod, and so like she posted a bunch of TikToks like, "How do I like get ready? Like, that's crazy. how do we train our dogs? Like, these are introducing we my dogs." That. Yeah, I should try and find it. It was, like, really cool. Oh, well, yeah. thanks. This is... That was really good. Thank you. Well, guys... You learn a new word every day. Truly. Another great episode in the books, I think. I think so, too. Check that off the box. Ta-ting! And really check it, because it might be a Mandela effect. Yeah. Weird. Ooh. What if we're both in different realities? No, don't say that, bro. Okay, we gotta go. I can't Anyways, do that. Anyways, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> don't say that. Don't, don't leave them yet. Okay. Hey guys, it's time for you to go and follow at Wanna Match Pod on TikTok, literally Twitter, everything. Instagram. Email us at Wanna Match Pod or yeah. email us. It's Wanna Match Pod at, at gmail.com. And wherever you're listening, give us a rate, a review, and subscribe because it really makes us feel happy. Aw, okay. Love you all. Love Have a great you week. Too. Bye. Bye.